Hi, this is Chris Finch. I'm lead pastor of City Walk Church. I want to thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you don't already know, the best way to stay connected with City Walk Church is with our app. Just go to your device's app store and search City Walk Church to find it. Whether you've been a longtime follower of Jesus or you're just investigating faith, our hope is that this message will help you take your next step in that journey. If you're in the area, we would love to have you come join us in person. For more information or to plan your visit, check us out at citywalkchurch.com or on social media at WeAreCityWalkCA. Good morning, City Walk Church. Hope you had a great week, whether you're watching on Facebook, maybe YouTube, maybe you're podcasting this at a later date. We're so thankful that you're with us and hope that today is an encouragement to you. We're in the midst, as you know, of unprecedented times. And in the midst of these unprecedented times, we and many others have had to make decisions that we thought we would never have to make. People are making decisions that not only affect their lives, but affect the lives of many, many other people. And this isn't new to us because we make decisions like this all the time, but some of these unprecedented decisions is definitely new. But you know what it's like because if you're a parent, you're a grandparent, you're an employee, you're making decisions on a regular basis. And those decisions don't just affect you, but they affect a lot of other people. And one of the challenges when we make decisions is, are we going to make a decision that benefits us or benefits everybody? And there's a temptation, if we're honest, to make the decision that maybe benefits us more than benefits everybody else. And probably there's no more important decision and no maybe important way to illustrate this than when you or my family send somebody to the store to buy ice cream. When you send someone on that very important mission from your family to go buy ice cream for the whole family, man, they're putting it on the line because they have to go to the store and they have to look at all the different types of ice cream and probably they have a favorite just like I have a favorite, but they have to make a decision. Am I going to get what I want and the one that tastes the best to me or am I going to get the one that my family likes? For us, when I get sent on that all-important mission to Brock's Ice Cream, and I go into Brock's Ice Cream here in Yuba City and I go to what I just like to call the treasure chest that's off in the corner. It's full of half gallons of ice cream. It's that magic box they have in the corner. And I open up that magic box with all those beautiful half gallons of ice cream. If I'm going to choose what I like the best, I'm going with cookies and cream almost every time. And if it's not cookies and cream, it's raspberry cheesecake. But if I'm going to be a good dad and a good husband, I might grab the mint chocolate chip or I might grab something that has chocolate ice cream in it because, man, I prefer the vanilla-based ice creams, but I've got some other family members that they like other ones. And so I'm tempted to, man, grab that cookies and cream and run and eat it on the way home. But if I'm a good dad, and sometimes I am and sometimes I'm not, I'll consider what they want and buy something that they like as well and maybe you can relate to that last week we started a letter that the apostle paul wrote and he was writing about three people three men that had a huge life-altering decision that each of them had to make and each of these men were men that were common men who encountered uncommon grace 
and because of that lived uncommon lives. We, we, we talked about a man by the name of Paul who is the guy that wrote the letter of Philemon. He wrote the letter from prison. He wrote the letter about five to seven years before he would give his own life. And he wrote this letter to a good friend of his by the name of Philemon. And Paul, just like we talked about if you were with us last week, understood what it was like to have the transforming, important, crazy grace of God come into his life because Paul used to be much different than the Paul that was writing this letter. He used to be, like we talked about last week, he used to actually be on the opposite team. He used to be a guy that tried to kill Christians and tried to stop the movement of Jesus in the world until one day on the road to Damascus, on the road on his way to literally continue to take out Christians, he was confronted with the grace of Jesus and it transformed his life. And this uncommon grace that we started to talk about this past week transformed this Christ-hating Christian killer into someone who is a catalyst for the movement of Jesus Christ and the message of Jesus, maybe unlike anybody else in history. And it was this guy named Paul that wrote to this guy named Philemon. We introduced Philemon to you last week. Philemon was a guy that was probably a fairly wealthy guy. He had a big part in the local church in his area. It actually, he actually hosted a church in his home. Paul had had a tremendous impact in Philemon's walk with God and, and, and was maybe like a spiritual mentor to Philemon. And Paul, as he wrote this letter, as he thought about Philemon and, and really what he loved about Philemon and what he prayed for Philemon, he pointed out in this letter that he was so thankful for Philemon's faith in Jesus that translated into love for other people to the point where Paul says, I'm thankful that you refresh other people when they're with you. And so Paul, he wrote the letter. Philemon was the guy he was writing to, but then we introduced another guy to you last week by the name of Onesimus. And Onesimus, like Paul and Philemon, had encountered uncommon grace that had transformed his life. See, Onesimus was a slave of Philemon in his past. He had run away from Philemon. He had stolen from Philemon. He had done Philemon wrong. And he ran, he, he ran away from Philemon to, to Rome, and he ran to Rome with the idea of freedom and a new life. But while he was in Rome, he met a man by the name of Paul. And Paul introduced him to Jesus. And it was this young man by the name of Onesimus who had a past that was pretty, pretty rough, who was a thief, who was a runaway, who wasn't somebody that you would bring home to mom, had his life transformed. And he met freedom from his past. He met freedom from his sins. He met purpose in his life because he was transformed. And each of these men that we began to talk about last week had a life-altering decision that they were faced with. Paul, the decision that he had to make, as you think about Paul, he's writing from prison. He's, been, he's a man who has been tortured. He's been persecuted. He's, his life has been on the line several times throughout his, 
his ministry. He's sitting in this Roman prison and this young man, Onesimus, comes to him. And Paul takes this guy in. He sees his life transformed and Onesimus becomes like a son. And Paul, at some point in that relationship, had a decision that he had to make. It was probably a decision that he didn't want to make. It was a decision that wasn't going to benefit him. But he had a decision that he was going to make. He had a big decision that was on his mind. And he, I don't know if he had to think about it for a long time. But here's the decision that Paul was faced with. It was simply this. Will I do what's best for others? Will I do what's best for others? Or will I choose to do what benefits me most? See, will I keep this young man Onesimus with me who has become part of my family? He's become a key part of my team. He's somebody I rely on. Will I keep him here with me in Rome? Or will I do what's right and send him back to Philemon? See, this is couple thousand years ago so there's no social media so it's not like Paul and Onesimus are taking selfies and posting them on Instagram Philemon would never know if Onesimus stayed in Rome but Paul was a man who loved God and had been transformed by the grace of God and he had a decision to make that was a tough decision but he had to decide would he do what's best for others And we see Paul's decision and really the heart behind it as we continue to read through this letter, starting in verse 10. It says this, I appeal to you for my child Onesimus, whose father I became in imprisonment. Formerly, he was useless to you, Philemon. He was useless. I get it. But now he is indeed useful to you and to me. I am sending him back to you, sending my very heart. I would have been glad to keep him with me in order that he might serve me on your behalf during my imprisonment for the gospel. But, but, but I preferred to do nothing without your consent, Philemon, in order that your goodness might not be by compulsion, but of your own accord. For this perhaps is why he was parted from you for a while, that you might have him back forever. Verse 16, no longer as a bondservant, but more than a bondservant as a beloved brother, especially to me. But how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. So if you consider me your partner, receive him as you would receive me. If he has wronged you at all or owes you anything, charge it to my account. Paul not only sent Onesimus back, but he sent him back and told Philemon, hey, Philemon, if he has any debt to you, if he owes you anything, not only am I going to send him back, but I will pay his debt. What a tremendous picture of the gospel. As Paul says, I want you to take Onesimus back as you would take me, and I will pay his debt. I will pay everything he owes so you don't hold his debt against him. See, grace when understood results in loving sacrifice and service beyond what is common. And that's what we see here. We see that the Apostle Paul, he's experienced the grace of God. 
And because he's experienced the grace of God, it, ha it has transformed him in such a way that it results in loving sacrifice and service above what he had to do. He didn't have to send Onesimus back. He didn't have to pay for his debts. But because he had been transformed by this uncommon grace, he had a decision to make. Paul had experienced uncommon grace and as a result chose to do what was best for others. But not only did Paul have a decision to make, but so did Onesimus and Philemon. See, Onesimus, like I said earlier, he was formerly a slave of Philemon. When he ran away, took some things with him, stole from Philemon, left town, finds himself in Rome, his life is radically changed because of his interaction with Paul and being introduced to Jesus. And now he's got a new life, new purpose, new family. But at some point, as he's talking with Paul, the conversation comes up. And Paul begins to talk to him about the need for him to go back. And for Onesimus, going back meant that things might not go well. In fact, going back meant that he might lose his freedom. Going back meant that he might be punished or even put to death for what he had done. Onesimus was faced with a big decision, a decision that you and I face on a regular basis. And here's the question that he had to answer. Will I do what's right and trust God with the results? Onesimus had to make a decision. Will I do what's right and trust God with the results? This is a question and a decision that we have to make on a regular basis. Will I choose to do what's right? Will I choose to do what's, what's, what God wants me to do, even though I'm not sure how it's going to turn out, even I, though I don't, I'm not sure what the ramifications might be? Will I do what's right and trust God with the results. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6 says this. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. That word trust, it's literally the idea of laying helplessly face down in front of somebody. It's saying trust in the Lord so much. The picture is of you laying down in front of the Lord helpless because you trust him so much. And lean not means, means that we're not going to rely on someone else or we are going to rely on someone else rather than supporting ourselves. It's saying, you know what? I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. I'm not going to support myself. I'm going to lean on someone else. And for Onesimus, he had to make a decision. Will I do the right thing and trust God with the results? You might be watching this today, and because you've chose to manage sin instead of coming clean about things, you'll never experience the freedom that God has for you. Because in your mind, the, the, the lie that you're believing from Satan is, hey, if I tell my wife if I come out into the light about this experience, if I, if, I'm, if I come clean in this one area, if I say that I'm, I'm struggling in this one area, man, I'm not sure what the results will be, and so I'm going to manage this. And, and Onesimus had to say, you know what? I don't care what the results are. I'm going to do what's right and trust God. 
And for some of us, that has to happen if we're ever going to find freedom. Instead of trying to manage sin and never really experiencing the power of grace in our life. See, Onesimus, like Paul, had a big decision to make. For Paul, it was, will I do what's best for others? Am I going to do what's best for me? Or, or because of the grace of God and how it transformed me, am I going to do what's best for others? For Onesimus, he had to make the decision, man, will I do what's right and trust God with the results? I've been transformed by grace. Do I really trust God? And if I do, I'll do what's right. But just like Onesimus and Paul, Philemon had a big decision to make too. See, Philemon had been publicly wronged. He had been humiliated. He had been stolen from. He had been set back because of Onesimus. By Roman law, he had the legal right to punish and even take the life of Onesimus. But Paul, as he's writing this letter, and this is the whole purpose of his letter, he writes to Philemon and he, he says to Philemon in verse 16, he says, you know what? I don't want you to just take Onesimus back. I don't want you to take him back as a slave. I want you to take him back as a brother, as a family member. Verse 16, he says it this way. No longer as a bondservant. Don't take him back as a servant, but more than a bondservant, as a beloved brother. Philemon had to grapple with this question. Will I follow Christ's example and forgive? Will I follow Christ's example the way Christ has forgiven me and has shown me grace? Will I follow his example and forgive? And here's the thing. Paul never minimized what Onesimus did. He never asked Philemon to, hey, hey, just forgive all of his debts and let's just, just call it a day. He, he never did. In fact, he said, I, I, I get it. He did you wrong. He, he's done some things to you. I'll take care of those. I'll pay you back for those. He didn't ask Philemon to give him his job back. He didn't ask Philemon to put Onesimus in charge of the money. But here's what he did ask. Instead, he asked Philemon to see Onesimus with gospel lenses. And here's what I mean by that. See his sin, his past, his failures in light of the powerful pursuing truth of the gospel. And the gospel is the good news that Jesus came to this earth, died on the cross, rose from the grave, and transforms people that start a relationship with him. And Paul was saying, hey, I want you to look at Onesimus, Philemon. I don't want you to look at him as a slave. I don't want you to look at him because of his past and the things that he's done. I want you to look at him through the lenses of the gospel and how the gospel has transformed him, how the gospel has turned him from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. That's how I want you to look at Onesimus, Philemon. See, I don't know about you, but... When I take the gospel lenses off and I start to look at people or myself through just a, a normal lens, I get frustrated, I feel guilty, I get discouraged, I get cynical. But when we look at people and we look at ourselves through the lens 
of grace. Grace that we didn't earn, grace we don't deserve, and grace that can transform a thief, a murderer, and a slave owner into a radical, passionate follower of Jesus. When we look at people through that lens, we have hope because no story is too far. No past is too bad to be transformed by the grace of God. See, which brings us back to the statement that we started this series with. Common men encounter uncommon grace and live uncommon lives. See, you and I, we're all in the story of Philemon. And here's what I mean. You and I are common, sinful, broken people who apart from God, who apart from the powerful, life-changing grace of God are lost and hopeless. But because of the powerful, pursuing grace of God that transformed our lives, we're now people that because of the gospel can live uncommon, sacrificial, pur purposeful, passionate lives. Maybe you're here and you're watching this, whether you're watching online or listening on a podcast, and maybe you'd say, Chris, I'm not a follower of Jesus. Actually, I'm, I'm a little skeptical of the whole Jesus thing. I'm not, not really sure what I believe. Well, my desire in this message was just to give you a picture of three real people. Three real people who before they met Jesus were known as a thief, a murderer, and a slave owner. But they were transformed by the uncommon grace of Jesus. The same grace that's available to you. And, and for you, my, man, my desire for you is that you would embrace that same grace. That you would embrace the same grace that Onesimus, Paul, and Philemon embraced. Grace that changes everything. See, the grace I'm talking about doesn't minimize sin. It doesn't minimize our past. It doesn't pretend it doesn't happen. It, it, in fact, the scriptures tell us in Romans chapter 3 that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans also tells us that the wages or the payment that we've earned for that sin is death. Physical death and separation from God in a place called hell forever. So grace doesn't minimize our sin, but here's what grace does. Grace offers us something we couldn't earn, a payment for our sin that we don't deserve. It's, it's love in action. It's John 3.16 where the scriptures say that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And it's this grace that Jesus offers us because of his death and resurrection that was embraced by Paul, Onesimus, and Philemon, and that you can embrace today. And what's great about this grace is it offers you hope, it offers you freedom, no matter what your past is. You say, Chris, man, I don't understand everything about the Bible, but man, this grace, man, it sounds amazing. How, how could I take part in this? How could I start a relationship with Jesus and experience this transforming grace? It's, it's real simple. Are you willing to, right where you're at, 
sitting in your living room, listening to this in a coffee shop, maybe you're watching this on your front porch, are you willing to right now, just between you and God, just admit to him that you've sinned? Admit to God, man, I have disobeyed you. I have gone against what you said. I admit that. Are you willing to believe that when Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave, that he did it for you? If you are, tell him. Tell him, God, I admit that I've sinned and I believe that Jesus died and rose from the grave for me. And then just invite Jesus to come into your life and start a relationship with you. Just tell him. And if you, right where you're seated, if you just did that, if you just invited Jesus into your life, if you just admitted to him that you've sinned, you believe that Jesus died and rose from the grave, and you, you ask him to start a relationship with you, would you just send us a direct message? Whether it's on Facebook or Instagram, or you can email us at info at citywalkchurch.com and just let us know about the decision that you made or if you have questions about that decision. We'd love to talk to you. We'd love to follow up with you and just hear a little bit more about what God's doing in your life. Maybe you're watching this like many of you are and you're, you're a follower of Jesus. And, and you've experienced the uncommon grace that was the driving force behind Paul deciding to do what was best for others. The driving force behind Onesimus deciding to trust God with the results and do what's right. The driving force behind Philemon forgiving and, and following Christ's example. And for you and I, we're faced with decisions every day. And like we started this message, we have to make a decision how we're going to filter our decisions. Are we going to filter our decisions by, hey, what is best for me? Or are we going to filter our decisions by what does God want and what is best for others? Are we going to be common? Or are we going to be uncommon? Because common people filter their decisions through, hey, what's best for me? What benefits me most? But people that have experienced the transforming grace of God the filter that they make their decisions through is what will please God. And one of the things that I've noticed in my life, and maybe this is true about your life, is our choice is really based on who we trust. If we trust ourselves, then we'll make a decision that benefits ourselves. But if we trust God more than we trust ourselves, if we depend on Him more than we depend on ourselves, then we're going to make decisions that please him. And so I, I'm guessing that you're like me, and you know that when you make decisions based on the filter of, hey, what will make me happy momentarily, that usually doesn't go well. It usually doesn't end well. I've seen that in my own life. And maybe if you're honest, you'd say, yeah, I've seen that in my life too. And, and, and you know that, and you have a desire to walk with God. You have a desire to filter your decisions through what is best and what pleases God. But you find yourself, if you're honest, kind of, kind of moving towards making decisions in your own power. And you kind of feel pulled that way. Well, as we close, I want to give you something real practical. Like this week... What can I do to grow in my trust in God so that I make decisions that please Him? Well, well think about this. Here's, here's what grows trust. Knowledge and experience. Here's what I mean. 
When you know something, you trust. When, you, when you're vague on something, it's hard to trust. But man, when you know something well, you trust. And when you experience something, you trust. And so here's what I would encourage you to do. I would encourage you to grow in your knowledge. And, and here we do that by spending time with God. It's hard to trust someone you don't know. And so I'd encourage you, if you are serious about growing in your trust in God so that you make decisions based on his will for your life, then I'd encourage you to spend time with him this week and allow him to grow your knowledge of him so you trust him more. But then the second thing is that experience. Experience helps you trust. Like if you sit down in a chair and it doesn't break, you've, you've experienced that, then you trust that chair to sit down in it next time. Well, some of you, you don't trust God because you've never stepped out in faith in an area of your life and you've never seen God come through, so you're not sure if you trust him. And so here's what I encourage you to do. Step out. Take a step of faith this week. Do something that you've been afraid of. Do something that you know God wants you to do, but you've been putting off. Do something so you can look back at that experience and say, I did what God wanted me to do, and this is what God did, and I trust him more. And here's what you have to know. Your experience will never contradict God's word. So grow in your knowledge and step out and experience what it looks like to trust God and take steps. I hope that we're a gathering that is known for being uncommon people that have experienced uncommon grace and because of that live uncommon lives in our community. Lives that refresh others, lives that point others to Jesus Christ, lives that make decisions based on what God wants and not what's convenient. Don't you want a life like that? Don't you want to live a life that when it's over, you can look back and say, what happened in my life, the impact I had was much bigger than me. I hope that for you and I hope that for our church as we follow the example of Philemon, Onesimus, and Paul. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this short letter, the short letter that Paul wrote from prison. And he, and he wrote about his experience. He wrote about uh, his friend, to his friend Philemon. And, and Lord, it was a short letter, but a very powerful letter because in this letter we see your grace that transformed three men. And because they were transformed, they were willing to make decisions that weren't comfortable. They were willing to make decisions that weren't common. They were willing to make decisions that pleased you more than pleased them. And God, I pray that we would be people that are transformed because of your grace. I pray that this week we would grow in our trust in you as we get to know you in your word. And we take steps to experience your grace in our life. In Jesus' name, amen.